This is the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Syraclad, featuring one-on-one interviews with designers, contractors, city managers, and civic leaders, as well as thought leaders committed to sustainability, innovation, and solutions that are attractive, affordable, and create healthy living environments. Our podcast illuminates the challenges, breakthroughs, and proven solutions brought to industries, organizations, and our communities. From the office and manufacturer of Syraclad in Redmond, Washington, and on location, this is the Architecture and Innovation Podcast. For our guest today, love to welcome Boris Rappaport, CEO and technology success partner of Arc IT. Boris has spent over 20 years helping architectural design and engineering firms make their businesses more efficient and profitable with the use of technology. They work exclusively within the architecture, design, and engineering community and pride themselves on deeply understanding the uh, AEC business, knowing the environment, and being responsive, proactive, and strategic. For more information, feel free to visit their website at getarch.com. That's G-E-T-A-R-C-H-I-T.com. Boris, welcome to the Architecture and Innovation Show. Thank you so much. We're really honored uh, and excited to have you on the show today. Thank you. I'm excited as well. Thank you for having me. Uh, I I feel this is going to be great. Yes, it definitely will. And as I told you uh, before we got on the show, I was really excited to talk to you because I think what you do is is, uh, vital. (laughs) It's really vital in the industry, specifically uh, to our times now. Boris, we like to start our show off with something that means much to you, whether it's a quote, a prayer, or a mantra. Can you share with us what you know, what we talked about that matters to you for right now? A quote. Uh, so right now, I'm just going to share a quote that came to mind, which is, um, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And I think it's a very important quote specifically uh, with what we do and what we help architecture firms with. Um, and just in general, uh, with, you know, with business and life, um, you want to have some sort of a plan. You can't just go willy-nilly uh, because that's not going to get you anywhere, right? You need to know where you're trying to go. Now, in relation to to uh, your firm, which, as I said, I think it's vital, and that's not just a selling point. It really is. The technology that you provide and the support that you pro- provide is are, is really vital. And uh, share with us why you chose the architecture, engineering, and, and built environment space. Um, so I, you know, I get this question a lot and it's interesting because I haven't really thought about it, um, that much, right. Until the most, uh, until recently, it kind of came full circle. So, um, you know, when I initially started out my business, um, I wanted to focus on architecture and engineering because for, you know, close to 20 years before that, um, I worked in a consulting in other consulting firms and somehow it always came out to be that most of my clients, even though these firms were generic, right? Not specializing in any industry, but most of my clients that I worked with uh, were in the architecture and engineering space. And I found uh, those challenges to be really interesting to me. And I've also, um, you know, I've kind of learned a lot through these years that I could then when I started my own firm, you know, take with me and share with the rest um, of my clients now, right? So that was that was kind of how I, you know, how I got started. But now as I think about it more, so my dad is actually, he's a mechanical engineer. Uh, 
mm. right? And we immigrated from Ukraine back in 92. Um, so in Ukraine, he was doing all the stuff by hand, um, you know, drawing by hand, sketching, whatever he needed to do. Uh, and then when he came here in 92, when he was looking for a job, well, everybody was already using AutoCAD, mm -hmm. right? So he had to go out and like he spent all our savings that we brought over and bought this one computer. It was a 486DX33, right? It had like eight megs, megabytes of RAM, <laughs> right? So <laughs> and I think like a 60 megabyte hard drive. Um, so yeah, he spent like close to $5,000 on it. And then he paid another person to come in and install AutoCAD for him and get everything configured for another thousand dollars. Right. So that was basically all, all, all the money we had at that time as immigrants. Um, and that's how I got into computers, just playing around and messing around with this machine. But also he couldn't pay that guy to come back anymore and fix things. So I had to learn. <laughs> and help him with, I think it was AutoCAD 10 at that time, uh, trying to get him to, uh, um, you know, to work so he could he could learn and then work uh, as a mechanical engineer working with other architects. So, like, if you look at it full circle, yeah, I was 13, 14 at that time, and that's what I was doing. And I'm still doing that now, basically, just for more people. That's amazing. What an amazing story to come from, to come from that sort of challenge. So you're obviously used to, to working with... Um clients from a st from the stage of we really don't know how to even optimize our technology is that common well optimize i guess optimize is kind of like to me it's a big term right okay. we unpack it more um i think a lot of clients which most of our clients are small businesses, although we do work with some larger firms as well. But most of our clients are businesses from, you know, five to, you know, 30 person firms. Um, and what happens is a lot as we see the evolution of the firm is the, the firm owner, kind of when he starts the business, he knows everything, he brings everything in. Um, he has probably use some sort of technology at another firm that he's bringing in, right? So if he's using Revit, he's familiar with Revit. You know, if his other firm before he started his business used Archicad, he's familiar with that tool, right? And some other tools along the way. Um, and then, you know, he hires his first employee, second, third, and fourth, and they bring in their tools that they are using. So what happens a lot, like you see it, you know, it's a seven person firm. They have all kinds of different tools there's really no strategy for implementing those tools. And the business owner spends most of his time instead of bringing in the business, um, just trying to fix issues, right? Somebody doesn't know where the file is. Somebody, um, you know, somebody's computer is not working. So when we come in at that stage, we're just trying to make sure that the business runs as effective and efficient as possible, right? We want to take all of that away from the business owner and take it upon ourselves, right? We fix the issues. Uh, we proactively manage the technology so that we can say, look, you're using this, one person using this tool, you're, you're spending $2,000 on it a year, like why, right? So we're, you know, proactively asking those questions to understand um, and then make strategic recommendations for moving forward. So if there's a big new project that they sign and they need to hire three more people, you know, what do we need for that? Will our tools still work? Will, will our file servers still have enough space? You know, will, will our cloud service um, work for us because we're thinking of implementing this new tool? So we become that strategic advisor 
as well. So kind of all-encompassing technology, um, problem solving, and advice. Yeah, it sounds to me, and if I'm if I'm out of line, let me know. But it sounds to me like you become a very valuable partner and not just a an extended employee. Correct. That's our goal: is to have a business to business partnership uh, where we are a part in in that firm. What makes you care so much? Because it sounds like you're not you not just care about the technology and that everything is running strategically and, and operable, but there's it seems to be, and which is why I reached out to you, Boris, there seems to be a high level of care too, from a person to person. Uh yeah. Uh <laughs> I don't know. I, I've always been told that, you know, I have a big heart. So I don't know oh, I don't know what that means. Great. I mean <laughs> other people have perceptions, right? So um, do I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not Mother Teresa, but I do want to help, <laughs> um, you know, I do want to help people and I do see a lot of challenges in the industry, um, specifically with adopting things that can make, um, you know, that can make architecture firms work much better, um, you know, that can make business owners, you know, live easier lives, right? So I just want to, I just want to get it out there. And I think it's just, it's more... I don't know. It's it's a function of like as we get older, we want to share what we've learned through the years, and we do that with our kids, and we do, we're just trying to you know educate other people on our failures, right? So that we can hopefully leave a mark on this world and get everybody to live a bigger, better life. Yeah. Culturally, how would you describe the culture at uh, ArcIT? How 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 would you uh, describe it? If there's a way to even describe it. Well, um, so you mentioned care, and care is actually one of our values. Oh, um, okay. And under care, what what goes under care is actually it's a lot, right? So um, we want to be the best customer service IT firm um, out there uh, for our clients, right? So um, we're not to say that our clients always right, but we'll always mm-hmm. ask them and try to understand why they're doing certain things so that we can provide the best recommendations. And if there's any issues, I want to be involved to help them solve those issues. Um, so, but underneath that, there's also for employees, right? They need to care about their customers, but they also need to care about themselves and they need to care about the business. So caring about themselves, I want them to constantly evolve, constantly learn, uh, constantly be curious, right? So that's that's kind of my goal. Uh, for the internal team um, and then caring about the business is basically try to do everything they can um, to help us move forward right because if we move forward as a business we get more people that we can help from the client perspective and also more people that we can employ and bring in um, and help you know with just providing a work and providing a job excellent you're listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast presented by Cireclad. We're talking today with Boris Rappaport, CEO of uh, Arc IT. For more information, feel free to visit the website at getarcit.com. That's G-E-T-A-R-C-H-I-T.com. Boris, I like that you said that word curious. Can you kind of deep dive a little bit into that word curious? <laughs> Um, I've, so I've always been a curious person. Um, so, and many, I think many people have similar stories, but I'm going to share it anyway. Right. And 
my son is doing something that's kind of similar right now. Um, and he's, you know, he's seven years old right now. But oh. basically, from the curiosity standpoint, it's like I all of my to toys were always broken within the first 20 minutes I played with them just because I took it all apart. <laughs> and my parents were furious. Again, it's like we're in Ukraine and it wasn't easy. It's not we didn't have like what we have here, like what my kids get to have here. Like I had some toys that I had to ask for for like three years for them to buy it for me, right? And then I would just break it within the first 20 minutes just because I needed to know how it works. Um, so that's how I've always been like that. But even right now, like I'm always looking to improve things within our business or within our clients' businesses. I'm always looking to find ways to get make things better. I'm always curious about new innovative solutions for problems that we have. Um, so I guess that's where curiosity comes in. Yeah, innovation, innovation and sustainability. What does it mean to you? Because you know a lot of the architecture engineering firms, sustainability is a a mantra within a, within the entire industry. What what does sustainability mean to you, technologically and even uh, you know with your clients? Well, sustainability. Hmm, that's a good question. I'm gonna have to give it a little minute. <laughs> Great, take all the time you like. All right. Um, I guess so. From from our perspective, um, providing services to our clients is I want to make sure that they can run. And again, I'm coming to this from the business angle because in the end, we're solving with our service. We're trying to solve business problems for architects, right? Um, and yes, we have you know a bigger issue in the world of sustainability and how we can you know, still live in our world and um, sustain our lifestyles, right? Mm -hmm. Or do we need to change? But I, I'm not really going to answer it in, in that in those terms. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk about our customers and how, how the services we provide um, should focus on making sure that they can sustain their businesses so that they can grow, um, so that they can um, help so that they can help solve these problems and challenges with their designs, right? That we have in the world with their designs and also help more and more people um, by being a good employer and, you know, hiring more people so that people can make a living wage, right? So my goal is to make sure our customers, our clients, their businesses, you know, they can sustain day-to-day uh, -day operations and, and uh you know, be sustainable in their business. How do you get a lot of your clients? Or is it you reach out, they come to you, a mixture of both? Uh, it's a mixture of both. Um, I So we've recently, um, I think about two years ago, uh, is where we've started on this kind of educational um, I always had an educational mindset, but mm -hmm. we haven't really been able to kind of bring this out into the world. So my business partner, Alex, who's our uh, VP of growth. So we, we have this uh, video channel, which is um, Design Under Influence, um, where we are basically sharing some of this knowledge uh, with whoever uh, wants to watch and listen to what we have to talk about. Um, so that's one, I think some, you know, I think we have, we're now seeing um, we're now seeing new customers coming in from that. Um, also, you know, being in the industry, 
like if you're focused on one specific industry, it, it is a closely, you know, kind of close community. So we work with the AIA, for example, to mm -hmm. uh, also provide education as well. Um, and it's kind of, it's, you know, the community, the word spreads around. So we get some uh, customers that way as well. Yeah, I like that you have vice president of growth. How, how and why is growth, if you're at liberty to share with us, growth so important? It sounds like not just to you and your firm, but to actually to your clients as well. Right. Well, I mean, we talked about just because if the bigger you are, the more people you can help, right, from both standpoints. So that's one. Uh, two, I also mentioned about planning. So initially, as I set out um, and kind of started this firm, um, I already had a, the end goal in mind. And we there's a lot of books that talk about that. It's knowing uh, what you're set out to accomplish is, you know, it's a very big first step because then you can kind of plan to get to that target, right? Because if you don't know where you're going, you'll never get there. Yeah. Um, so um, the goal for the business um, was always to be a more than a $10 million business um, a year from just financial standpoint. Um, so that's, that's where, you know, I'm kind of following that plan and trying to get there. So I have an Alex who not only just my VP of marketing, but also my best friend and who mm -hmm. was my mentor um, and who kind of pushed me to start this business. Having him with me along for the ride is it's been a great help. I like that you have a mentor who is pushing you along. Were there some hesitation for you to begin your company? Oh, yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> I and a lot of it has to do with just again some edu life education that you get right so kind of and I'm going back to you know to move into this country as an immigrant and I think that has because that that shaped me a lot right that has a lot to do with what I'm about and the values that I have and so on but one of the things is my parents were just happy to be here right their goal was to bring us here work really hard and you know. Um, be able to buy a house, which was a huge deal. And it's a huge deal for me as well. Um, but I mean, they were, they, you know, their mindset was always, Hey, if you work hard, you're going to get this and don't think about business, just get a good job, get a good degree and that type of stuff. So um, I was kind of raised with that mindset and only until later, I mean, I started a lot of, you know, we're in the Bay Area. We have a lot of entrepreneurs who are like in their 20s and getting millions and billions of dollars, right? There's stories here and there. Obviously, a lot fail. Um, only a few make it. But um, the point is, like, I started my firm when I was 39 years old, right? So I'm not a 20-something entrepreneur. <laughs> I, I already had, uh, um, you know, a, a good career in the past. And it was, you know, you have a family. You have, I had a, you know, have a wife, two kids. Right and change that whole lifestyle just just like that, um, and start something brand new and a brand new commitment. I mean, it took a lot of thinking and a lot of encouragement and a lot of um, just trying to get yourself over that hurdle to um, to start that. Fascinating. You're listening to the Architecture and Innovation podcast presented by Siriclad. Our uh, acknowledgement today is from uh, Boris to the SPCA. And the uh, SPCA is uh, the first humane society to be established in North America and is today 
one of the largest in the world. Their organization was founded on the belief that animals are entitled to kind and respectful treatment at the hands of humans and must be protected under the law. For more information, you can go to ASPCA.org. Again, that's ASPCA.org. We're talking today with Boris Rappaport, CEO, and and I, I love this, technology success partner of ARC IT. For more information, you can go to their website at getarcit.com. Boris, can you share with us some of the you know, recent projects, if you're at liberty to do so, that you may uh, be working on that were really interesting for you? Um, so, I th- so yeah, I mean, we have, we have a few projects that are going on right now. I think uh, some of the more interesting ones are migrating, um, migrating our clients from, you know, living on having their data on on-premise servers and mm-hmm. moving them to cloud services. You know, if, if these are the companies that are using Revit, um, you know, migrating to BIM 360, um, and especially with COVID, kind of, and everybody remoting and working from home, um, that really helps, right? Um, but also, you know, migrating um, their workstations instead of now having a physical workstation, these are virtual workstations that live in a cloud, um, either in AWS or Microsoft Azure, mm-hmm. which is some of the um, cloud services, and just having people access those workstations remotely and have their files right there in the cloud eliminates the need for um, a physical space or even, you know, um, eliminates the need for buying hardware and then eliminates the need for having a physical space to have, you know, have the hardware live somewhere. Yeah. How do you keep so updated with the technology? Because it seems to move almost daily, if not sooner. And yet you're always at the forefront of it. Is it obviously by design that you say that we're, we are always looking for the best, as you said earlier, um, and then your curiosity, but I, without giving away your intellectual property, how do you keep up to date so, um, so accurately? Well, I, so I, I don't even know that I'm caught up, right? Okay. <laughs> I'd like to think I am, <laughs> but you're, you're right. I mean, we're at this point where technology basically changes uh, where it used to be a linear uh, where it used to be a linear change, now it's more of like exponential and just going up, up, and up. Um, subscribing to various, you know, um, electronic um, communications and magazines and things like that uh, really helps, either industry-specific or... So there's basically two industry, two industries that we have to follow. One is uh, obviously the, the build industry, right? The architecture, mm-hmm. engineering, design. But the other one is the IT industry and trying to figure out how, um, you know, how those solutions like cybersecurity, which is broadly across the board, mm-hmm. anything you do, um, disaster recovery, business continuity, um, how that fits in with the architecture engineering space. It's just trying, you know, just getting the information, trying to decipher it and putting it all together. Boris, what... Uh would you like to share with the audience today that we may not have discussed that you think is really, really important that matters to you and matters to your existing and even prospective clients? Well, um, I don't want to get too tactical, but I think the issue of cybersecurity 
uh, is very important, uh, not just from the business perspective, but from personal as well. So um, we need to be more aware that it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, right? Mm -hmm. So at some point, you your business, your employees will get attacked. And it, it's a matter of how, what kind of plan you already have in place to combat that and being able to recover. Uh, I mean, there's the cyber security, uh, the cyber crime, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a billion dollar industry right now. Um, you know, it's like small people, you know, there's many um, small organizations that are just trying to get access to your files, get those files encrypted so that they can then extort a ransom from you. Um, we're not talking, you know, any small businesses at risk. So I just want to bring some awareness to that. And the first step um, in that process of being more secure is training your employees, having some sort of ongoing training um, so that your employees understand the issues and are are able to make the right decisions uh, when they get faced with that issue. Uh, because like, so I was a part uh, last year, I was a part of an investigation where $8 million, right, was lost by a company. Um, and it was because an employee, and they had the technologies in place. They had this, you know, specific filters in place. It was an email attack and the employee went into the email and took that email out of spam because she thought that it was, you know, though it was legitimate. Um, so having the training and making sure that doesn't happen can save companies a lot of money and a lot of headaches. Wow. Boris, it's been an absolute honor and pleasure having you on uh, our show today. Thank you very much. I hope you'd consider coming back soon because as technology changes, I think it's important. It's not even important. It's vital that uh, uh, people and companies are aware of how to protect themselves and actually how to uh, to flourish as well. Yeah, thanks for having me. I just want to say one last thing. Um, sure. This is what so Alex and I end every show with this. Uh, we just want our audience and everybody who's listening to remember that technology is your competitive advantage. Thank That's you very it. much. Thank you. That's outstanding. Our guest today has been Boris Rappaport, CEO and technology success partner of Arc IT. Boris spent over 20 years helping architecture, design, and engineering firms make their businesses more efficient and profitable with the use of technology. They work exclusively within the architecture, design, and engineering community and pride themselves on deeply understanding the uh, AEC business and environment while being responsive, proactive, and strategic. For more information, you can visit their website at getarcit.com. Again, that's G-E-T arcit.com. You've been listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Syraclat. The Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Syraclat features one-on-one -on -one interviews with designers, contractors, city managers, and thought leaders committed to sustainability, innovation, and solutions that are attractive, affordable, and create a healthy living environment. Their podcast eliminates the challenges, breakthroughs, and proven solutions brought to industries, organizations, and communities. We look forward to you joining us again next time. I'm Tom Dioro. Thank you.